0: SWAT Cats The Radical Squadron was created by Christian and Yvonne Tremblay for Hannibal Rare Cartoons Incorporated. Support the SWAT Cats Revolution Kickstarter by visiting SWATCatsRevolution.com. And remember to buy SWAT Cats DVDs at wbshop.com. This is a SWATCats.info production. Welcome to the Mega SWATcast, a show by SWATcats fans for SWATcats fans, featuring episode commentary with sound bites, synopses, and observations about Mega Cat City's heroes and villains that are occasionally amusing. Please adjust your humor targeting displays to the lowest common denominator and note that the accuracy of recollection missiles may vary. Now adjust your bandanas, put on your Glovatrix, and get ready to go full throttle. Hello all SWATcats fans, welcome again to the Mega SWATcast. On this episode, our host commentators are I'm Robert, otherwise known as Knee Knight
1: I'm Di, better known as Sage
0: And I'm Matt, better known as Modad Whichever app, website, or can tie to a string you're listening to this podcast on Please make sure to favorite, like, subscribe, and follow Especially on Twitter, at The Swat Cats So you can keep up to date on the latest Swat Cats news Fandom projects, and occasional few seconds of amusement Now, on to the show I want to take you back to the early 90s. Disney is killing it. They're fresh off the success of The Little Mermaid, probably their most successful movie ever at this point. They're heavily investing in their super iconic afternoon block. Some of you might remember that. In the United States, it was like from uh, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. They're reinventing a number of their signature properties, like uh, DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Ranger, Ch- r- Tailspin. Darkwing Duck, <laughs> and probably a bunch of others I'm forgetting about. Let's get dangerous. Fox is making Batman the Animated Series, they're getting Emmy nods for that. And so did Tailspin for that four-part premiere, uh, Plunder and Lightning. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has been around for a while, and it's a merchandising juggernaut. There's these shows with adventure, elements of drama, great characters and unusual settings. As far as we can tell, these are the elements that are being weighed with as much importance as humor. It's in this environment that the Tremblay brothers are creating SWAT cats, and they think they've identified the key pieces to a successful show. I kind of scribbled down a few of them. Um, You can agree or disagree. But one is a focus on action and adventure. Agree. Two are characters that reflect the times. For instance, the 90s extreme sort of positioning. You You have characters like Cloud Kicker and Tailspin kind of emphasizing that. You
1: know, you're right. It is none of your business.
0: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is built on this. What is it, Raphael? A threatening note? Worse than that. It's the check. Chippendale or like Indiana Jones and Magnum P.I. illusions. The
1: controls are really simple. Simple controls for a simple mind. Oh, you're just being jealous because
0: you don't have a scarf. Etc. Etc. Three, this actually isn't that unusual. You know, anthropomorphic characters are still in and they're still popular. And number four, great music. All of these shows have to have their own sort of unique soundtracks. I can already see what the Tremblays are thinking. They're thinking maybe if we can get a show like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meets Batman meets Top Gun. Because those are all big things at the moment, or have been rather recently. They sell the show on that premise, and they've got a lot of very striking and thematic artwork to go with it. You can kind of see the progression in that art book that they made after many, many attempts. I remember in the live stream they mentioned how they actually went to Saban and got ignored. Uh, They finally landed their pitch with Hanna-Barbera. let's face it, at this time, they probably aren't keeping up with the competition very well at HB, unfortunately. Rotro, mm-hmm. Ro Reggie, what's that? The Tremblay brothers and the whole SWAT Cats creative team developed this show with all these great goals in mind. And when all is said and done, the first completed episode, the first implementation of their creative vision winds up being this. And I think it's fair to say that the... Uh, the end result didn't quite live up to expectations. The first completed episode of the show, The Giant Bacteria.
2: Start off with an infection. That's how you get get, get the kids in. You know, a cyst, a boil, you know, something that will pop.
0: I think that's a fair description that this uh, this premiere definitely does pop.
2: Well, that is another thing, another staple of 90s culture was Oh look, kids! Gunge, gross stuff. What is Jack?
0: Jack is great stuff. Mm Oozy.
2: Did the Viper figure come with a barrel of slime? It should have been a match made in heaven. There you go. Well, I think at the same time frame we had um, Noel's house party. The best of Noel's house party. The best of Noel's house party. That little twerp next door! National TV show where they'd be invited to Noel's house in Crinkly Bottom, see Mr. Blobby, and occasionally get gunged. Mr. Blobby, he makes me
1: laugh. Blobby, Blobby, Blobby.
2: (laughs) That, That just sums up British television
0: at the time. As we mentioned in a previous episode of uh, the Mega SWAT Cast, I guess it's official now. Too late to change it now. Even though that the Giant Bacteria, which was the first completed episode of the show, they changed their dates around a little bit to have the Past Master Always Rings Twice, which we already spoke at great length about, show first. But with that in mind, you've already seen the Past Master Always Rings Twice. A whole week has passed. You've been on the edge of your seat, waiting for this next awesome episode to come and air. We see the same intro, which actually features a decent amount of footage from this episode. Giant Bacteria comes on. We see that thing. Might look a little bit different, and I know it's probably unfair to harp on the animation too much, but it is worth pointing out because all of us have eyeballs.
2: some of us more than most.
0: So I'll go ahead and uh, read the uh, official description here Blockcats.info official description. And that's as official as we're gonna get. Dr. Viper intends to steal Catalyst 99 from Mega Cat Biochemical Labs with his giant bacteria monster. How can the SWAT cat stop a creature that only divides when it's attacked? Throw a net over that guy! (laughs) The show, the episode opens up signature green skies of Mega Cat City. There's an oil refinery, which immediately gets blown up in semi-spectacular fashion. Then we're introduced to an call him a terrorist. His name is Morbulous, as he quickly tells us. You'll have to do better than that, smart cats, to catch Morbulous or die trying. (laughs) I'm not sure who he's talking to exactly. If he's openly broadcasting on his radio or if he's just talking to himself. He apparently has a problem with oil refineries.
2: An oil refinery killed my pa.
0: I suppose that could be a historical reference, because they make a comment about oil prices being really high in long lines at the gas station.
2: Well, they should have killed more dinosaurs back when they were in the past! I think it takes a while for it to turn into oil.
0: (laughs) I think more than one week. Morbulus, he has a jet, bomb this refinery, a couple enforcer choppers are taking chase, he easily dispatches them with a pair of missiles of his own. And then in come our main heroes, T-Bone and Razor in the Turbo car, and they are in hot pursuit of this guy.
2: Well, you've got to imagine, you now—if most jets you're in hot pursuit of because, you know, the jet part of it is very, very warm.
0: T-Bone and Razor are chasing after Morbulus. They take aim, and they fire a signature weapon of theirs, the Octopus Missile. One Octopus Missile, It becomes a bit of a recurring theme in the show. There's a lot of property damage that ensues. I think he's pretty much missed every shot he's taken in these previous two episodes.
2: Well, no, no, no t- to be fair, the, the missiles did hit the T-Rex, it just didn't care.
0: That, that's, a, that's a good counterpoint. They take aim, they fire the missiles, and they miss, they hit a very expensive-looking penthouse apartment.
2: Just so happened to be Mayor Manx's. Well, if you can afford a penthouse, you can afford to repair it. Especially at today's prices. you have explosion insurance.
1: And dinosaur insurance
0: we have our exchange between T-Bone and Razor. how miss him, sure
2: shot? That guy must have eyes in the back of his head!
0: And then we have our nice, very subtle Top Gun reference here. And they go canopy to canopy to see that he, in fact, does have eyes in the back of his head.
2: Which shouldn't really help him, because all he should see is the back of a seat. If I was redesigning him, I'd you know, give him some sort of like a you know, mysterio bowl around his head and say that he's got radar all the way around. Oh, could you imagine that? Getting glasses for the back of your head. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I can't, can't imagine putting contacts in would be very
0: easy. I have a horrifying thought that Morbulus doesn't just have four eyes, he actually has other ones located on other parts of his body.
2: I'm reminded of a classic. Batman villain. The man who could see you through his fingers. Might be well for Google.
0: The SWAT cats chase after Morbulus. So, Four Eyes wants to play Canyon Tag, huh? They have a little bit of a chase sequence through skyscrapers going back and forth. It feels a little clunky, you know, they do their best. Morbulus heading for another refinery, and Razor has a genius idea where he says he wants to head for a cloud bank. Where they're radar-defeating clouds, but we'll ignore that for now.
2: Well, at the moment, we have established that Morbius uses
0: his eyes to see,
2: not radar, so...
0: Somehow the SWAT cats manage to reposition their jet underneath Morbulus' jet, and they use a very specific weapon. Let's see if Four Eyes has eyes under his head! Cookie cutter missile yep. that deploys from the top of the Turbo Cat's fuselage, fires upwards, attaches to the bottom of Morbulus' jet saws right through it, manages to uh remove him completely from underneath the jet and he plummets out from underneath.
2: It's a good thing that you didn't catch you know any part of him not like he's got a tail or be any wider or anything like that and you know I, I always thought underneath uh you know a cockpit it was all just clean cut underneath there. There was no tubes or wires or anything trying to you know get into the back and no
0: explosive material in the truck. Uh, he's even still holding the uh, control stick in his hand as he's falling through. <laughs> I, can pu- I can work with this! I can pull up! I don't think it's named in this episode, but I believe that's the either the spider missile hook? or grappling hook or something like that. Yeah. Shoots out, grabs him by the back of his collar. The refinery reign of terror has ended.
2: Makes you wonder how many refineries there are in Megacat City. Quite I had little... the
1: same question too <laughs> watching the episode yesterday, yesterday I'm going okay how many do they have
0: well now just one it might explain why the skies are so green if you have so many you know pollutants being shoved out into the atmosphere nearby
2: makes you wonder you know If any of those characters are just, you know, tripping on the fumes from around the city.
0: Okay, now we have a very 90s-inspired moment here, and it helps. And it's a nice little establishing moment for our characters. what will
1: it be, Razor? Dunk or deliver? Dunk!
0: They release Morbulus from the uh, grappling hook. They could have done this originally and just allowed him to fall to begin with, but he falls and plummets down into the bay below. You know, hopefully doesn't kill him, unless that was their goal all along. We... It's a little dark, if you think about that.
2: Well, if you think about it, you know, these mythbusters have proven that a fall from certain heights can be just like hitting pavement (laughs) into water. (laughs) They're trying to say they've saved him from the original drop, which was much higher, and now they've brought him down to a crippling level rather than fatal. Try bombing a refinery when your legs don't work. So long as you
0: don't break the rule, you can break the spirit of the rule. Our protagonists seem to have... The opposite approach to rules in that they don't really seem to have very many. (laughs) At least not ones that are pre-established. I think a lot of this is sort of just made up on the fly, as they say. We get a scene that if this had been the first episode to air, maybe it would have made... A little bit more sense. Scenes with Commander Farrell and Kelly Briggs showing up. Keep away, Deputy Mayor. He could still be dangerous. Looks like you've come up empty, Commander Farrell. Seem a little bit more introductory, sort of conflict. Their headbutting is really apparent. Quickly learn that Commander Farrell is a guy who does not really approve much of the SWAT cats. Looks like you've come up empty, Commander Farrell. And the SWAT cats practically gave him to you!
1: If they'd held Morbulus until we arrived, he'd be in custody right
0: now! What appears to be Morbulous is fished out of the bay. They remove his flight helmet. There's no one inside of it.
1: Once they fished him out, you can still see his tail. Then once he's delivered from a Kelly, you can still see his ears. And the second she yanks off the helmet, there's nothing there. So did the guy just materialize? <laughs> Well, maybe it's a subtle nod of what
2: he's going to become. He can ooze away. <laughs> when did he have time to get out of his suit? I don't know if any, you know, either of you have ever dressed up in costume or not. Yeah, but I, I've had to do it for work and for you know stage and theatre work. It takes a long while to you know get properly out and into something else.
0: What you're failing to do is something I think Morbius did off camera, and um, he paid off the animators to quickly uh, remove him from the scene. As all that's. Going on, we're reintroduced to who I think is really the true hero of SWAT Cats.
1: Mayor Manx, is this the end of what has been dubbed the Refinery Reign of Terror?
0: Absolutely. The authorities
1: have apprehended the villain.
0: Mayor Manx (laughs) arrives on scene... In Manx Retrust. Something else uh, I'll go ahead and interrupt, a little factoid about this character Morbulus. His original name was Oculus. There's a character in, I think it was Marvel Comics, who had the same name. They wound up finding out pretty late in production that they couldn't use that, so they had to change that really quickly. And the reason I remember it is because during our interview with Christian Tremblay, he still called him Oculus a few times, yep. and uh, yep. I'm, I'm wondering if that was something they did independent of him as they were, you know, going into post-production. So Morbulus is smirking that he got away. He's in his undergarments. I don't know what you call those in Britain. Boxes. He's standing in front of a large drainage pipe. He's gloating about how he got away. So he gets to see this ominous sort of pair of glowing eyeballs show up behind him. You to much better use. And we hear a familiar voice speak. The uh, voice actor, Frank Welker, He's he's been in like one or two things, I think. May have heard of him. Probably second only to maybe Jim Cummings in the amount of things he's done voice work for. He is in everything. He does a particularly good job as the voice of, who may be the most iconic SWAT villain, the voice of Dr. Viper. Yeah. Who, if you're interested, he does almost the exact same voice for Jeremiah Surd in The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. You should be more concerned about yourselves. You're not going to be so lucky. It's very eerily similar. I love that show. We transition back to the SWAT cats. We're introduced to their secret hangar. Also a point in this scene... We noticed that the Mega Cat Salvage Yard is spelled incorrectly, it's spelled with a C instead of a K. It's a big no-no, it throws everyone's uh, analyses into chaos with that. I mean, it's totally world-breaking. I can't watch the rest of the show now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's things like that that make me think, hmm, is this
2: set in the same universe as Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat. Also big in the 90s.
0: The SWAT Cats disembark from the Turbo Cat. It raises up on this neat little uh, elevating turnstile. They jump out, you know, they give each other pats on the backs for, you know, a job well done. They do something they never do again, which is unfortunate. They take a, a stamp and they put it on the wall, cat style, skull crossbones, which, you know, signifies a successful mission. It's a little reference to what World War II pilots would used to do for their successful engagements. So that's a neat little detail. It's so awesome we never see it again
2: well if you're gonna make that sort of reference then you know eventually they'd have to start painting you know a, a pin-up girl on the side of the turbo cat you know, stop whilst you're ahead Callie would not find that very flattering
1: i don't
0: like the setting
1: one thing that that jumps out to me in that scene is the score whenever i hear the music in swat cats the first band to pop into my head is metallica
0: there was uh oh i'm not gonna remember it i might have to ADR art back in So we pitched the show, we had a boombox, I recall
2: very well, that uh, was playing a music of uh, Armageddon, of Prism, the, the band Prism.
0: Jake and Chance are introduced, they change back into their civilian clothes. It turns out that they're auto mechanics. Open up the refrigerator, they toss each other a couple of milkwisers. they start to have a little moment of celebration as they tune into the news to see how awesome they were. Unfortunately, they find out that their celebration is a little premature, as Morbulus is reported to have escaped. So you don't have Morbulus in custody? Due to
1: the interference of the SWAT cats! This is all we have of Morbulus at the moment.
2: <coughs> what?
0: And we have an interesting little moment where Commander Farrell and the SWAT cats are exchanging blame with one another, even though they're in two geographically different places in the city right now. It still works. Well, if we apply the logic that if Farrell does break the 4-4, maybe he can hear them. I think Farrell knew that at that exact moment they were tuning into the television because he looks right at the camera. No one asked for their help, and they allowed a dangerous criminal to escape. Escape? We practically
1: handed Feral a gift package!
2: (sighs) Well, you know, this is a point. He always assumes that the SWAT cats are glory hounds. And what are they doing as soon as they get
0: back? Turning on the telly to watch how awesome they were. As any uh, reasonable person would do, when they're feeling upset, Chance Furlong, the name of T-Bone, his real name, he destroys the television set. Ah, oh, great! Morbulus is gone. So's our TV.
1: What is that can made out of? <laughs> Depends on how
2: empty it is. I mean, if he's only taken a sip, you've got a full body of water there, or, or milk there. And I don't know about you, but milk is really heavy. It sits on your stomach. It's, <laughs> and yeah, you know, let's assume that you know, seeing as these are adults, that might be alcoholic beer, so it's got you know different properties in it. The can is pressurised, so it's slightly made out of sterner stuff.
0: I'm just imagining all these just, just canned white Russian drinks. Downright disgusting. Open up a can of whoop, whoop milk. <laughs> or whipped cream. We're introduced, Callie Briggs shows up who was just at the refinery scene, and now she's back here. And we find out that Chance has a little bit of a crush on her. (laughs) Did you hear that? She's crazy about me. And her car needs a little bit of a tune-up. Callie Briggs does not know who the SWAT cats are, and there's this dichotomy between the characters. Chance likes Callie, but Callie likes T-Bone, not knowing that, you know, they're the same person. Although it's kind of teased that maybe she actually likes Razor, but that's probably played for jokes. So Callie's kind of swooning over the SWAT cats while unbeknownst to her, Chance is swooning over her, which he has some of the goofiest moments in animation in the show happen. He has a nice little scene where he licks his hand and (laughs) slicks back his hair, which is kind of pointless because he puts his hat back on. Chance offers to drive her back to work. Callie says, no, Mayor makes way me out for outside. She has what might be her signature line. One of the uh, perks of being deputy mayor. Chance turns back to Jake, and then Callie takes that moment to stick her head back in and flirtatiously says, Bye, Jake. Much to Chance's chagrin. It's actually, it's, it's a pretty amusing scene. We get a little bit more characterization out of these two than in the previous episode.
2: Well, I think in the previous episode, you didn't actually meet them in their civilian guises too much, did you?
0: I just assumed that that's, you know, what they wore all the time, you know, casually. Go to the bar,
2: you know, leave your flight helmet on the on one of the hooks, you know, that sort of thing.
0: We cut back to what's going on with Morbulus. We see that this mysterious figure is none other than... In Morbius's own words, so this is the secret lab of the legendary Doctor Viper. He's been taken to a swamp. There's this pretty cool treehouse lab. I should mention that the the swamp, uh, Mega Cat Swamp, or for assuming that's what it is. I'd love to see a map of the surrounding areas because this swamp that Viper lives in looks like it's on an entirely different planet. <laughs> it is just way over the top.
2: I would love to see a picture of the map around Mega Cat City, because you've got ocean on one side, you've got a swamp on the other, you've got
0: a desert this side, and... How do these things mesh? It, it's climate change, it's those green skies <laughs> and all the refineries messing things up.
2: <laughs> well there you go, this, this entire show is an ecological cartoon. It's just very subtle
0: about it. We're
1: the Planeteers! You can be one
0: too! Despite the lack of animation quality on this particular episode, there are some really good backgrounds and some good still non-moving art that you get to see. The interior of Dr. Viber's lab is probably the best-looking scene in this episode. Looks like you've got everything a mad scientist needs right here. Everything except the rare biochemical compound known as Catalyst 99. Also known as Catalyst MacGuffin. Morbulus, he seems pretty helpful up front. To which Viper, I mean, who who sees this coming? To which Viper, with the most, like, duplicitous tone possible. Ah, we see eye to eye, Morbulus.
1: I do have need of someone to get me into Mega Cat Biochemical
0: Labs. I was hoping I'd come into contact with you, because I've been dying to use that pun for a while. I just imagine Viper's waiting for weeks on end, just tapping his foot, (laughs) waiting for the right moment. Oh, I'm going to call him today. No, no, wait,
2: no, that cool. You want to come across him casually, maybe in a sewer pipe. So, hello, Mobius, or Oculus, if we're going to be formal. What's a nice guy like you doing in a sewer like this? Sorry, this is Viper. What's a nice guy like you doing in a sewer like this? I've always envisioned, um, if the show had continued, they could do, like, themed board games and, um, Dr. Viper's Scrabble with three times as many S's.
0: You'd have to make that worth about a fraction of a point, though, otherwise it would just be unfair.
2: Well, it's unfair anyway. Whenever we play Scrabble, i just put an S on the end of everybody
0: else's word. That's legitimately how I play. In Scrabble, players earn points by constructing words with letter tiles and placing them on a grid. There is no honor among thieves here as Dr. Viper takes a sample of something from Petri dish and an eyedropper, drops it on to Morbulus. A great scene in one sense and horrifying in another sense. But he puts it on Morbulous, and he instantly starts to horrifically transform. His skin starts to bubble and boil, he turns purple. This kind of unsettling scene where the, uh, the backs of his eyes start to rotate around and come up front as he turns into this big blob with uh, googly eyes.
2: Well, you've got to admit, you know, as soon as you, you know, turn him into a bubbly, oozy pus monster, the idea of letting him fall to his death is probably going to be a mercy. I have to say I did love that scene when I was first watched it because, yeah, being a young boy in the 90s and not being allowed to see things like uh, The Fly with Jeff Goldblum.
1: How does Brundle Fly eat? He regurgitates on his food. It liquefies and then he sucks it back up.
2: I was able to experience body horror in an entirely PG way.
1: Be afraid. Be very afraid.
0: Now that Dr. Viper has this giant bacteria monster, he's now able to get Catalyst 99 and the power to destroy Mega Cat City. Hello,
2: kids. Are you bored of playing regular board games? Why not try Dr. Viper's edition of Scrabble? Well, with three times as many S's. Fool your friends into thinking that you have a triple point score, when in fact that you just have lots more S's. Buy now for the low, low price of $19.99. Now back to our regularly scheduled program.
0: We have some antagonistic characters who are introduced who are woefully underused in this show by the name of Burke and Murray. One of them is voiced by a little known actor, Mark Hamill. I forget which one.
2: I I would like to ask for a, a brief moment. Can we please put in the Balkan Skull theme from Power Rangers into this scene? They've
1: come a long way from these
2: pilots. A long way! Down!
0: Ah! That's a very astute comparison. They are the Balkan Skull of SWAT cats, easily. So what they do is they're driving this big dump truck, dump it in the middle of their driveway in the front there. Big mess. And they just do it just to be not nice people. And coincidentally, uh, there's an engine that Callie can use. Uh, it's the exact same one that just arrived, so that little...
1: It also shows how strong chance is, considering you can just lift up an entire engine, no problem. That's what makes actually the muscle then grow. And that uh, d- divides then one from a champion and one from not being a champion.
0: I'm not sure. Maybe I'm kind of tempted to uh, start drinking some of those Milkwisers now that, uh, you know... <laughs> Be able to easily pick up engine blocks.
2: I just, you know, just picture him now, just doing curls with engine blocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm get, this is getting too easy. Quick, let's move on to the eight cylinder.
1: Oh, I work out.
0: Well, it might be one of the most infamous scenes in the show. SWAT cats. Is already kind of a violent show. I mean, let's not let's not pretend otherwise. Especially in this episode, you get a lot of things that happen. You know, other shows might not be able to get away with. But for some reason, this scene that occurs next was actually censored in syndicated rebroadcast, and we didn't actually rediscover it until the show was finally released on DVD back in what was it, 2012, 2013? A very long time. I've now. got
2: to admit, I don't think it was censored over here because I remember this
0: scene quite vividly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, it was centered back home because I never saw that.
0: Yeah, so what happens is uh, Dr. Viper's giant bacteria monster, they're near this farm. We're shown that the giant bacteria monster likes to eat things. It eats a cow. It's kind of shown in a silhouette where that happens. But then this farmer character comes out. The giant bacteria monster, shown like really menacingly in the background of the farmer's cowering fear in the foreground, thrusts him into the open mouth of the giant bacteria monster. This is done also in silhouette. But that entire sequence was cut originally in the episode. You see a scene of the farmer gasping and then there's a sharp cut that just shows, you know, like, you know, things have been going on. No
2: that you've had your breakfast it's time to begin our commute into
0: mega
1: cat city
0: <laughs> we have the the motivation of dr viper he wants to go steal something from this fortress that is mega cat biochemicals builds a monster to help him accomplish that which makes you wonder how much worse this catalyst 99 is that he's trying to steal if he already has the ability to make these horrible monsters so why not just use that I've noticed a trend here. The SWAT Cats villains are really greedy, but not in the sense you'd think, because if you recall in The Past Master Always Rings Twice, The Past Master needed to go get the Tome of Time to do something horrible. Tome of
2: Time, 800 years is far too long to be separated from such
0: power. But he already had a lot of really horrible magical capability at his disposal. And we see that Dr. Viper has a similar situation where he's already able to make these horrific monsters, but that's just not good enough. He has to go the extra distance. Just shows you how hardworking the villains of Mayaket City can be. That's not good enough.
1: Oh, Those perfectionists got it.
0: they very high standards for villainy. This
1: town
2: deserves a better class of criminal.
0: And
1: I'm gonna give it to him.
0: And now we get into the action. Mayor Manx and Callie Briggs are at the... (laughs) They're at the Manx Municipal Park, where Mayor Manx is there to commemorate a statue of himself for a park that's named after himself. And it's one of the few times you see him actually enthusiastic about doing his job. As mayor of Megacat City, I am proud to dedicate this beautiful new park which bears my name it has as
1: got his name on it, then that's good enough for him. I just love how, you know, he doesn't hide
2: it at all. There's no sense of shame. No, just pure vanity. And that's that's perfect. I mean, in other shows, you'd have him say, well, no, this is for my grandfather, who also was named Mayor Manx. Um, but, you know, him is just, no, this is for me.
0: What in the... Tyrion monster attacks Manx Municipal Park, whilst Dr. Viper comedically pops out of a manhole cover in the street, go up and make a really quick note to the audience before he disappears again, which was completely unnecessary. Those fools have given me three ways into Mega Cat Labs.
2: Maybe he's just reminding himself. Maybe is th- that just he's just that scatterbrained? All the chemicals in his body are making. It. Okay, what was I doing? Ah, yes. <laughs> the
0: commemorations being televised, and as all this havoc is being wreaked, SWAT cats who are once still watching television on the job, as any good employee should do, they see that this chaos is going on, and they decide that they have to go and help out and take care of this problem. Callie Briggs and the mayor are in peril. They have a neat little scene. Better let me drive, Mayor.
1: Just get me off of here!
0: Where they hop into, Mayor makes his limo, Callie takes the wheel, floors it, hits the gas, drives into the bacteria as they try to escape, and we are introduced to the gimmick of this monster. Once it's hit with the limo, it divided in two. Now, there are two bacteria monsters.
1: Why didn't she just keep on driving? I mean, Why does she have to stop and see to make sure that she hit the thing? I would have just kept on going.
0: That makes you a very irresponsible driver, then. <laughs> you should at least leave a note. <laughs> Sorry, I ran into
2: your monster. My name is Deputy Mayor Kelly Coe Briggs, and here is my contact information. Please do not sue. The mayor spent all the money on statues.
0: Commander Farrell, who we were introduced to earlier on this show, arrives on the scene. Razor and T-Bone saw what just happened. The radio over to him.
1: Blackhawk, you vigilantes! The authorities are handling this! Fire on my order! I don't think that's a good idea, Farrell. We saw what happened when
0: I'm in command here. Attacks anyway. We get this rarely used missile shot from the front of the enforcer chopper. I always notice this because it is incredibly cartoonish, because it's just a door that appears out of nowhere in front of the chopper. I'm not sure that would have necessarily happened if a different animation company (coughs) mook Um, would have uh, handled this one. Have something in your throat there. (laughs) Yeah. So the bacteria monster divides again. Farrell comes to the conclusion. Normal
1: weapons won't stop those monsters. You don't say.
0: As if somebody
2: should have told me that.
0: And of all people, Mayor Manx is the one who points out. You've made that abundantly
2: clear, Farrell.
0: I think at this point when Mayor Manx is the one who's pointing out. Something that you really need to take a step back and kind of examine things a little bit. One of the bacteria monsters is heading into the subway tunnels. We're going to be introduced now to a rocket motorcycle, better known as the Cyclotron, signature vehicle of the SWAT cats. For those who haven't seen it, let's not kid ourselves, who isn't listening to this that hasn't already seen this? The Cyclotron shoots out like a missile from the Turbo Cat. Depending on who's animating it, it will either have a Batmobile-style armor that retracts, or the casings of the chassis will pop off, depending on if the animators are feeling lazy or not. The Razor's riding his motorcycle and pursuing on the ground.
2: It was made for... The action feature of the Turbo Cat toy, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, it had to have been. Now with ejecting Razor action.
0: So the train driver, uh, we see his face filled with pure terror because he can see that there's a giant bacteria monster going head on for him. The bacteria monster completely engulfs the train. Razor shows up on the cyclotron down there. It's too late. Bacteria monster apparently has eaten all the passengers in the subway. What happens is now the bacteria monster is chasing after Razor on the cyclotron. It's moving really fast. uh, Faster than it was being shown moving at any point in this episode. I guess
1: once it feeds off of a large amount of material, its speed probably
0: increases. How many calories are in a train car of people? Razor has the idea to trick the bacteria monster to get on the the well-known third rail. You don't touch the third rail because that's the rail that has all the electricity that the subway car uses.
2: Yeah, would the bacteria monster know not to touch the third rail?
0: Otherwise, it's not really a trick, it's just more of a thing to do. Well, in this instance, the bacteria monster loses the chess match. Battle of wits that we see here comes to a quick conclusion. Bacteria monster gets electrocuted and melts. And this leads Razor to realize what the bacteria monster's weakness is. French Fry Bacteria. So we transition to the interior of Mega Cat Biochemical. We're introduced to Dr. Zyme.
1: This is the best I could do. It contains the most powerful antibiotics
2: known. Hopefully it should stop them.
0: Antibiotics missile. It's accurate to describe it as a giant syringe with a rocket taped to the back of it. It loaded up into the uh, Enforcer chopper. One of my favorite scenes and exchanges in the whole show with this because Mayor Manx is chasing after Farrell to join him.
2: I'm coming too! I don't want to be around here if this stuff doesn't work! You're a coward, Manx! And you don't get to be mayor for ten terms without being cautious!
1: Which begs the question, are there no term limits in Medecat City? <laughs> clearly not. They think
2: he's doing a bang-up job. <laughs> the thing is that gets me about this scene is they say about ten terms. How old is Kelly? Because clearly Manx is older than her, so has he been running this before Kelly joined? So clearly at some point he was doing the job.
1: I don't know how many deputy mayors he's gone through at this point. <laughs>
0: Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Robert, you pointed out how uh, it seemed odd that the uh, deputy mayor had always been uh, thrust into situations she shouldn't have been in in the previous episode. We know where the previous deputy mayors have wound up.
2: They've been through so many deputy mayors, it's like the position of Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher at Hogwarts. Every year we get a new one in. There's a whole wing dedicated to immemorial for the uh, deputy mayors. (laughs) They gave our lives so that Manx could have his golf clubs.
1: And a statue. <laughs> yeah,
2: where's the, where's the, the statues to them? <laughs> Maybe they're sort of like law gnomes around the giant Manx
0: statue. Razor uh, reconnects with the Turbo Cat. I'm surprised they didn't just play the animation in reverse for the cyclotron getting back into the Turbo Cat. They have a experimental missile on board. One megavolt missile. Away! The uh, Megavolt missile. And. Handy that. Yeah, it's very convenient. It's kind of a, sort of a precursor to the the Scrambler missile, which we'll be seeing a lot of later in the show. They fire it at this thing. uh, The little side panels pop off. It looks kind of cool. It kind of looks like a Tesla coil, I should say. Nothing happens for a few moments here. Missile, I guess, either detonates or releases a charge. The bacteria monster, like, kind of explodes, but then it engulfs in flames, and it's just sitting there in a smoldering little burning pile.
2: Just to prove a point.
0: Meanwhile... Ferrell's in the chopper, fires the antibiotics missile, and it looks like it's kind of working. The bacteria monster sort of uh, crusts over, becomes a sort of solidified uh, lawn cigar. Dr. Viper shows up, perfect timing as always. I think he was just waiting around the corner. (laughs) You are always an arrogant fool,
2: Dr. Zyme. My bacteria is immune to antibiotics.
0: The bacteria monster breaks out of its little crusty shell. Obviously, it could hear that. And, uh, Waiting for my cue, and Shazam! Jazz hands. This is its giant jazz hand to grab Dr. Zyme, who gets horrifically killed. Killed to death. And I think it's fair to say we'll never see him again because his next appearance is in a flashback. Yeah, they sort of kill off a lot of people who could have been recurring characters in this thing. I mean, you
2: could have had Morbius show up more, you could have had Zyme show up more, but there you go. Time for
1: another Why would you only load one? Rule of thumb would be at least have two. Have a backup.
0: You make it sound like the TurboCat has infinite storage space.
2: It does for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> However, they did say it was an experimental missile. So it could True. be that that's, that was the prototype they sent in
0: there. The SWAT cats use the Turbo Cat to try to lure the giant bacteria monster away from the building, draw it toward the Mega Cat City Bridge. There's a lot of huge high voltage power lines. They use another staple weapon of the SWAT cats, the Turbo Blades. They sever the high voltage lines, they fall down, fry this last bacteria monster into another smoldering pile of disgusting remains. Dr. Viper and Callie Briggs are having the altercation in the lab. You won't get away with this, Dr. Viper! Oh, Miss Briggs, it's. You. No way. Ah! Uses his signature Dr. Viper prehensile tail, grabs her, and we are treated to. This is going to be a, a huge claim, I know, on this show. This might be the most absurd scene in the entire show. <laughs> I, I would put <laughs> it up there. The Turbo Cat just barrels into the front of the lab, it just crashes. Right into it, knocking things over, uh, somehow colliding with Dr. Viper and missing Callie A little weird note is I believe that the turbo cat has uh, deployed its parachute behind it to stop it, which is a weird sort of attention to detail in an otherwise- Mad scene. Yeah. <laughs> T-Bone jumps out. Game's over, Dr. Viper. They have him dead to rights, captured him. He takes his catalysts that he spent so much time and effort. Then again, I don't. I'm only assuming this might've just been an afternoon bored hobby for him but (laughs) he throws the catalysts which are very volatile at this point they weren't a few moments ago
1: still one more play
0: lab explodes, and we can see the Turbocat shoot out of the front, come to a quick landing on the streets in front. For some reason, we have this weird close-up shot where Callie Briggs and the SWATcats are in the Turbocat, and all of them are wearing oxygen masks a split second when they were in a hurry to get out of there. It's, it's really weird because you think if you're cramming into a jet to get out of somewhere really fast, you wouldn't take the extra second to you know, adjust your flight harness and you know, put on your oxygen mask and you know, get comfortable.
2: I will point out, this is a chemical lab, and now those chemicals are on fire, so you can imagine the things that are in the air at that moment.
0: I imagine that the interior of the TurboCat probably doesn't smell all that great. I mean, you got a couple of guys who sit in there. It's probably full of BO, probably some open chip bags, you know, a little bit of garbage. And they're probably a little bit embarrassed to have Cali in there unexpectedly, so they're like, oh, throw on this oxygen mask, so that way you don't, you know, <laughs> get... Over-inundated with, uh... Guy Funk. Guy Funk, yes.
2: I'm sorry, we are, we work at the salvage yard all day. There is no reason to take
0: a shower. The SWAT cats have saved Callie. Uh, Dr. Viper's plans have been foiled. Farrell gets his last moment. Thanks to them, half of Mega Cat City is without power!
2: Now we've got looting and riots in the streets. The street we have left, I mean, most of it was destroyed thanks to the SWAT cats.
0: And speaking <laughs> speaking of the streets, we come full circle... We see that Burke and Murray are busy shoveling up the remains of the bacteria monster, which seem to be all over the place. It's kind of a dark thing to think about. They're really shoveling up the remains of countless people, farm animals, farmers, passengers on subways, and just indiscriminately tossing. Anything
2: else it is all, you know? It's like, I'm, I'm reminded of a particular scene in Jurassic Park, which we were talking about last week.
1: That is one big pile
0: CRUD! Of- Looks like Burke and Murray have got a long day. After the horrific events of this day that we, you know, we take a moment to... End on a joke. End on a (laughs) joke. I I would call that a half a joke. We don't want a full joke, you know, a pair of respects to the deceased and all. Press F to pay respects. So that was The Giant Bacteria, the, uh, the first completed episode of Swat Cats, The Radical Squadron, but the second one to air, at least in the United States... What happens is over the years, a lot of people will take a lot of polls or questionnaires. I mean, there's all news group messages where people will communicate with each other, ask like, hey, what's your favorite episode of the show? The one that comes to mind, everyone's favorites, is the giant bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i have got
1: a bit. It's not my favorite. Again, not at the top of my favorites list. <laughs> so I'm one of the very few exceptions. <laughs> It's unfair to judge, but yeah, the animation got a major, major downgrade. This company's strong points were definitely not mechanics.
0: I feel so bad for the Tremblay brothers because you look at their art, their designs, you see some of the concepts that were used in this episode and some of the the conceptual artwork, especially in the art book. And I can just imagine them wide-eyed, their hands clasped together, waiting to watch the episode as it just came back from the studios in front of their screening room. And just their... Their expression's souring as they watch this because... And I feel bad for them because of that, because I know that they had such high hopes for this debut and i think that's heavily reinforced by how they decided to go with the Mooc episode for the debut in our particular little corner of internet fandom i know there's a bit of a divide between people you know i like season one or i don't like season one kind of thing i like all of the episodes they're all good i even i even like this one i probably like it more than the yes. average person does but agreed but you as know. i said before i i do have eyes it's not it's it's better than the clip show but it's not very high praise <laughs> Even Mark Lungo he wrote a number of the uh, Animato, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, magazine reviews. It was a contemporary magazine at the time in the early '90s for animation and other things. Even in his review, he gave this episode a D plus. That's almost an A. <laughs> Anything, so long as it's not an F, is a passing grade. If you want to read more about what he has to say, his animato summaries are on the swatcats.info website. He does a great job on breaking down all those, and maybe someday we might have him as a guest. We'll have to see if uh, he has time for that. Yes. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Mm hmm. He might be the original Swatcats fan. The Swatcat historian. I'm a tough act to get off the stage. <laughs> I like this game.
1: my divine.
0: Cut
1: in.
0: <laughs> Named after everyone's favorite insane psychotic court jester villain, a Mad Cat moment is anything that, even within the context of SWAT Cats, is either strange, weird, bizarre, or silly. Now it's time for our hosts to pick their Mad Cat moment of the episode.
2: How many refineries does this city have that it can be a rain of terror sort of thing?
0: I mean, rain tends to last, you know, more than a fortnight. Morbulus, for some reason, he strikes me more as perhaps an industrial saboteur type.
2: Well, it's very evident that he's not an environmental terrorist, an eco-terrorist, because the fact that he destroys the oil refinery by blowing it up. And
0: how much, you know, smoke and muck gets pumped into the air when that happens? Well, most of these refineries are located either on uh, islands or peninsulas, right on open water. Oh, all the fish are dead. Or perhaps they aren't. I know there's an oil-sucking eel at some point, which seems to eat that stuff right up. So happens it came about after this.
1: Coincidence? I'm still going to point this out. Why didn't Kelly just keep on driving? That still bothers me. <laughs> you have this giant thing coming after her. I would have just pushed the peloton the metal and just kept on going, not looking back. Because I am not <laughs> going to stop and see if that thing is still alive.
2: I-, I think it's best that you stop and make sure it's dead, because otherwise you could have a Terminator 2 moment with it running behind her with, like, blades for arms.
0: The often mentioned indestructible windows of MegaCat Biochemical.
1: Those things are heading right for us! Don't worry, Miss
0: Briggs. These
1: windows are practically indestructible.
0: Dr. Zyme just seems so certain of, the, of how great these windows are that nothing can get in. There are at least two more occasions and two other episodes I can think of where the, these windows are routinely broken with great ease. I'm just imagining the window salesman came to Dr. Zyme at MegaCat.Chemical <laughs> really upselling these. He's really just bilking more of the city's money.
1: They're all part of the same insurance scam.
2: Yeah, you, you know, you've got to imagine, the double glazing salesman, he comes along, you know, trying to sell these windows, and the Zyme goes... Can it hold up against bacterial monster attacks? Um, yes! Yes it can! How often is this gonna happen? I'm never gonna be proven wrong. I know I've already had my mad cat moment, but because it's linked to yours with the turbo cat coming through it, how are we going to save Callie from Dr. Viper? Let's throw a jet at him. Not a missile, not a special power glove or anything like that. Let's just throw the entire jet at him and hopefully everybody's fine.
0: That was the Giant Bacteria, that was also our second episode of the Mega-SWAT-Cast. The person with this nasally drone who's been speaking has been Matt, better known as Modad. This
1: is Di, better
0: known as Sage and this is robert otherwise known as knee knight you can find the mega swatcast at podcast.swatcats.info. you can find more of robert at knee knight at twitter and you can find more stuff from die at menti
1: sage on twitter
0: as always make sure to follow at the SWATcats on twitter for all kinds of interesting stuff fan works news information the occasionally amusing animated gif and who knows what else So thanks again for listening, and hopefully we'll be talking about our next episode, The Wrath of Dark Cat, fairly shortly. So thanks again for listening. This has been a SWATCats.info production. At SWATCats.info you can find hundreds of entries, thousands of images, and links to all the great fan creations across the internet. Thanks for listening.
2: the real confusing part about this was it's a chemical lab that apparently has a missile just waiting to be filled up.
1: It's also a chemical lab that has, not tanks, but Mounted giant turrets. guns surrounding it. Yeah, those. I guess are prepared for anything.
0: I assumed it's some sort of quasi-military installation because everything in Mega Cat City seems to have that. I'm just imagining you're going to your local home and garden store and you'll see these large panoptagons set up in the middle with <laughs> missile turrets, big razor wire fences and all this stuff.
1: Oh, you want the hand grenades? They're down over there by the wisers? <laughs>